Yes, it's time for the Chief Zone podcast, and there is a lot to get into on this episode. We have very little time to waste. Let's get right into it. I am Farzim Vasugan, the host of the Chief Zone podcast. As always, I appreciate each and every one of you for taking the time to download and listen to this episode. Of course, free agency in full force, and the Kansas City Chiefs have been very busy. I mean, not just right now, but even before that, of course. I mean, nowadays with the NFL, free agency pretty much begins before it actually begins. We all know Kansas City's been making a couple of trades with Alex Smith and Marcus Peters. Those moves are now official. And in addition to that, the Kansas City Chiefs have added two young and underrated guys. Uh, Well, one of them not so much underrated, but of course, Sammy Watkins and Anthony Hitchens. Those two players now in Kansas City. I'll tell you everything you need to know about those two guys and why both of those signings are big for the Kansas City Chiefs. But what's one thing that's holding this team back? Plus, I think it's time we talk about Pat Mahomes a little bit and really what this means for him, what he has to work with in this offense going into 2018 so definitely want to talk about that the Chiefs did make some moves releasing a couple of players resigning a couple of guys one of their free agents expect to return I'll talk about all of those guys plus a couple of former Chiefs uh some uh from years past who are they signing with what have they been doing lately and a couple of players who were on their roster last year now uh, a couple of them, at least, have signed with a couple of different players. And, of course, as we know, some uh, surprises around the NFL, some surprise releases, and potentially some guys who could make their way to Kansas City. We will talk about those guys as well. And at the end of the podcast, I'll do the closing segments around the NFL, out of bounds, and I'll throw my penalty flags. Two major stories in uh, in the area that are getting a lot of attention, and I want to talk about both of those uh, more specifically in the penalty flag segment. So uh, some some crazy stories that definitely have made the rounds uh, in uh, the state of Kansas and also in the Kansas City area. So we'll talk about that in just a moment. I am back in Kansas City. was in Las Vegas over the weekend uh, for a convention event. And of course, at the, in the during the evenings, got to enjoy the city a little bit. Um, made a little bit of money in the casino, which is good. And uh, went, went to the uh, sports book. And I talked about this on the Facebook page with you guys. Which, by the way, if you guys want to interact with me, facebook.com slash farzinevasugan, twitter.com slash farzine21. Uh, definitely want to get to all the free agency stuff in just a moment. But real quickly, I kind of went back and forth on this. As to whether or not I wanted to put money down on the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl. And I went ahead and did it. I put 100 bucks down. Uh, the odds uh, did go down for the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl. So, a uh, bit of a... Bigger payoff there, and 12 hours after I put the $100 down, I I woke up uh, 6 o'clock Pacific Standard Time, so it was roughly, what, 7, 8 a.m. for most of you guys when you guys had already heard this news, but I got a bunch of texts, emails, and notifications uh, about the Chiefs adding Sammy Watkins and Anthony Hitchens, and I've got to say, I feel pretty good. About that bet, and then I still remembered Andy Reid's our head coach. So, uh, I mean, the offensive play calling, that's always going to be a question mark, and that's something I also want to get into as well. But, uh, I mean, uh, Las Vegas, of course, uh, great as always. There is one place that I really do want to suggest, if I may, before we get started. Uh, There's a place that opened 
in uh, I, my family and I always stay at the Venetian. It's a great place. Uh, definitely recommend uh, you, you guys visiting it if you're going to stay in Vegas or if you're staying elsewhere but you want to visit some of the other uh, hotels and venues in the area. The Venetian is definitely a place to visit. And they opened up a place, uh, and I was there on New Year's, and it's called Black Tap. Uh, Black Tap Burger Crafts. Uh, just across from the sports book at the Venetian. I'll tell you guys right now, great vibe, great music they have there, and some of the best burgers you will ever have. Yeah, I don't come on here often uh, endorsing a restaurant or a business like this, but I'm telling you guys, if you are, and by the way, I don't realize this, I have a lot of followers and listeners on social media and here on the podcast, uh, people who are from Las Vegas, I did not realize, I, I, the more and more I mention Las Vegas, uh, I, I get emails from people saying, oh, I wish I knew you were in town, or hey, check out this sports bar, uh, this is a Chief sports bar, which is pretty cool, I, I had no idea, um, I had a lot of listeners, I mean, I know we've got a lot of people in Kansas, Missouri, and of course, and uh, a lot of listeners from Iowa, and didn't realize uh, that we had a lot of listeners from the Vegas area, which is pretty cool. I, uh, of course, I love the city. I, I get to visit a couple of times a year. Um, but Black Tap Burgers, if uh, if you live in Vegas or if you're going, uh, definitely check it out. I don't see this uh, this restaurant closing anytime soon. I, I think it's gonna it's there to stay for a very long time. I definitely recommend it for everybody. Uh, and I don't do this often either. I actually created a Yelp account. To go write a review for them. I mean, that's how great of a place that is. So I definitely do recommend it if you are in Las Vegas. With that said, got my ticket, hoping that the Chiefs can make it to the Super Bowl. And I gained a little bit of confidence. And I know what I said right after that postseason loss against the Titans. I said it in last year's, after last year's postseason loss. There's just no way I can trust this team. And here I am getting excited once again. And I want to talk about that with you guys later on in the podcast. But for right now, let's talk about the two new additions for the Kansas City Chiefs. Let's let's start with Sammy Watkins because this is the big one, the more exciting one here. Sammy Watkins drafted fourth overall in the 2014 NFL Draft by the Buffalo Bills. Was drafted out of Clemson. And he has missed... A total of 12 games. And that concerns a lot of Chiefs fans. And I can understand that. It's I mean, it's, it's hard to be optimistic about a move when a player's had some sort of a, an injury. He's just been in the training room quite a bit. I can understand that. But listen, as Matt Connor of Arrowhead Attic and a friend of the podcast pointed out, Teams do their due diligence. Players go through a physical before these things become official. So teams understand, yes, certain players have been injured quite a bit over the years. But I think some people are blowing this way out of proportion. I mean, I read you the note of 12 games. And then, sure, it sounds a lot. But keep in mind, 8 of those 12 games came from 2016. So there's one season where he missed a lot of games. 2015, he missed three. Last year, only only missed one. Now, they didn't have the greatest stats last year, especially in an offense uh, led by Jared Goff with the LA Rams, where they did, they did a lot of good things. Jared Goff definitely uh, did a lot of great things in his second year in the NFL, but 
Sammy Watkins didn't necessarily have the biggest impact like he's had in previous years, and more specifically with the Buffalo Bills. So let me just read you these numbers for Sammy Watkins. 2017, this past year, playing all 15 games, uh, almost all 16 games, missed one. 39 catches, 593 yards, and 8 touchdowns. So despite not having a lot of catches and yards, still had 8 touchdowns. So it was a big end zone threat for the LA Rams. 2016, this was the tough year for him where he only played 8 games, had 28 catches, which is a career low for him. Uh, 430 yards, also a low. 2 touchdowns, again, low for him. Uh, Missed 8 games, was unavailable due to a broken bone in his foot. So he was unable to participate with the Bills during the first half of the season. 2015, though, uh, might be one of his best seasons out there in terms of yards and touchdowns. More than 1,000 yards, 9 touchdowns. Uh, pulled in 60 catches in the 13 games. He missed 3 games due to an ankle injury. And as a matter of fact, he even played through it in some of the games that year. In 2014, played and started all 16 games at 65 catches. The most he's ever had for 982 yards and 6 touchdowns. Now, let me just say this. Again, I, I address the injury part. Teams, uh, they, I mean, players go through a physical. So these teams know what they are signing these players for. They, they, they know what they're signing up for when they make moves like this. The other thing about this, and I know I keep saying this, but I think it's it's a very important thing to note. With Andy Reid, a lot of players not only reach their potential, but some even play above and beyond it. I mean, look at Alex Smith. He's had some of his best seasons in the NFL in Kansas City under Andy Reid. Jamal Charles. Jamal Charles was great before Andy Reid arrived, but then he became even greater under Andy Reid. And I don't think that's any coincidence. Now, there are some instances, such as Dwayne Bowe. I mean, he had a phenomenal 2010 season where he led the league in touchdown catches with 15, but he was unable to live up to that kind of form under Andy Reid. So there have been some cases, Not, I mean, listen, not every head coach can go 100% with some of their players. So sometimes... With a coach, you fail with certain guys, and then you succeed with certain guys. And Dwayne Bowe was was a miss for them. A couple of other players certainly on the list, but for the most part, you talk about some of the key players. Uh, look at Kareem Hunt, a third-round pick who led the league in rushing as a rookie. And I know Ezekiel Elliott's suspension had a big hand in that, but at the same time, still uh, being the league leader in rushing, uh, if Ezekiel played, perhaps he would have been second. That's still pretty impressive, and I think a big part of that has to do with Andy Reid being his head coach. Again, these guys, a lot of these players, they reach their potential when they play under Andy Reid. Uh, look at Kansas City's defense. Sure, it was great before Andy Reid got there, but then when Andy Reid arrived, Tom Mahali, Justin Houston, they were the top two guys in the NFL when it came to quarterback knockdowns and quarterback hurries. And that was a big part of Kansas City starting off 9-0 that year after turning it around from a terrible season before. So I'll say the same thing about Sammy Watkins, too. Sure, his numbers last year, I'll read it again, it's not anything thrilling. 39 catches, 593 yards, and 8 touchdowns in 15 games. Again, the 8 touchdowns, that's pretty good. That's definitely good. And I didn't realize this until I looked up the number. But had Sammy Watkins, if you want to take the same stats and 
just pretend he was a Chiefs player last year, Sammy Watkins would have co-led the Chiefs in touchdown grabs with Travis Kelsey with eight. Tyreek Hill had seven last year. Albert Wilson and Kareem Hunt each had three. Charkandrick West and DeAnthony Thomas each had two. And then Demetrius Harris had one. So Sammy Watkins, even though overall with catches and yards not too big, the touchdowns are a big thing. And that is where Kansas City struggled last year. You look at how many touchdown grabs uh, the team had as a whole last year. 26. And all of those did come from Alex Smith. Pat Mahomes didn't have a passing touchdown in that Week 17 game. So all 26 of those touchdowns came from Alex Smith. And considering the type of season this offense had with Alex Smith being a 4,000-yard passer and then you had a running back, a wide receiver, and a tight end each have 1,000 yards. Kind of surprising that you didn't have more than 26 touchdown passes. And maybe that number should have been a little bit more. And I think that's something that you can definitely expect with adding a guy like Sammy Watkins. And listen, you've got arguably the fastest group in the NFL right now, and I'll get into that in just a moment, but this really does add a, a new dimension and just another threat on offense for Kansas City. Brett Veach said in a uh, press conference on Wednesday, he actually tried to trade for Sammy Watkins during training camp shortly after he was named the GM uh, when John Dorsey was surprisingly let go during the summer. Uh, instead, Watkins got traded to the Rams uh, but he's done very well for his career. Uh, sure, up and down and, and injuries have set him back a little bit, but he's only had one career fumble, and that was during his rookie season. And Veach also said he was surprised the Rams did not use the franchise tag on him. Uh, didn't really go into detail too much with the Marcus Peters situation or, or the trade talks with them, and understandably so. Teams don't usually do that. But there's no doubt in my mind that Sammy Watkins... Uh, Perhaps could have been discussed if the Rams may have franchise tagged him and then made him part of the package deal to Kansas City. But uh, and, and listen, I'm not going to sit here and say this makes up for the Marcus Peters trade. At the end of the day, uh, the trade is still the trade. Yeah, you cannot look at this edition and say, well, we can just pretend they shipped us Sammy Watkins. Uh, no, uh, do I feel better about that trade? Still not. Uh, maybe if Peters performs horribly, sure, I, I guess you'll feel better about it, but. I do feel better about the situation, just in general with the team after a move like this, plus the addition of Anthony uh, Hitchens, and, and I'll get to that shortly. But looking at this offense right now, and I'm going to read you some of the players, not only that, but their age. Let's start with Pat Mahomes. He's 22 right now. He will turn 23 in September. Kareem Hunt is also 22. He will also turn 23 in August. Tyree Kill, he turned 24 this month. Sammy Watkins is currently 24 and will be 25 in June. Travis Kelsey, the oldest player that I'm about to name out of these five. He's 28 and will turn 29 midway through the season in October. Plus, you've also got Chris Conley and Demarcus Robinson, part of the wide receiver corp. I know I predicted Conley as a possible surprise let go for the Chiefs. Uh, looks like that won't be the case. And uh, hey, fair enough. I mean, I, I, I mentioned this as well, that his average did go up in 2017 before that Achilles injury so if he can stay healthy that would be big and again I mentioned Demarcus Robinson I thought he did some things uh he showed some flashes when his number was called for the Chiefs when they were short on receivers uh outside of Tyreek Hill 
My point is, there is so much talent within this offense. There are key players everywhere, left and right, and of course key contributors with guys like Conley and Robinson. And of course, and I'll mention this later, the Chiefs re-signing DeAnthony Thomas. He showed some flashes as well using his speed. This is a very fast group of guys. This is a great situation for Pat Mahomes to come into. This is not only a young core uh, with all of these offensive skilled uh, positions here, but these players, I mean, this is a pretty damn talented bunch here. And Mahomes, who is essentially a rookie going into 2018 because only he only played one game last year outside of the preseason, he has everything he could ask for coming into this year as the primary quarterback. And again, it's essentially his rookie season that he's going into. Now, sure, the offensive line needs a little bit of work, and I trust the Chiefs will address that later in free agency or through the draft. But not many young quarterbacks get to enter a situation where they have the best group to work with. The only guy I recall getting this kind of opportunity, and it's not like this guy was very young and you'll recognize his name in two seconds, was Matt Castle. In 2008, when Tom Brady got injured against the Chiefs, Matt Castle was put in, and he got to play, even though he never took a snap in college and in the NFL up until 2008, Castle was put into a situation where he got to play with an offense that broke a ton of records the year before where the team went nearly 19-0. and They were one minute away from ha- having that happen. And a lot of those offensive players returned in 2008, and Matt Castle, uh, and I understand the Patriots didn't go to the playoffs that year, but winning 11 games, uh, I mean, gosh, that's that's just a tough break right there to miss the playoffs. But Matt Castle did very well with that, with that group he had around him. And I think this is a very similar situation. I'm not saying this is a... Well, I was about to say this is not a record-breaking offense. I mean, look, this offense didn't come close to going 19-0, and but I mentioned earlier, you had a 4,000-yard passer, and you had a 1,000-yard receivers uh, and rushers at running back, wide receiver, and tight end with Hunt, Hill, and Kelsey. Now you add Watkins to the mix, and now you just have another guy, uh, another high-level wide receiver, and just another great guy for Pat Mahomes to work with. So this offense here, even though this is Pat Mahomes' rookie year, uh, this is this is a very this is this is unreal for a young quarterback to go into. Generally, when young quarterbacks get put into a situation, it's because the quarterback that they originally had was terrible, and the the team as a whole is pretty bad, and they're relying on this young quarterback to pick up the team a bit. Pat Mahomes is not necessarily in that situation. When you see a lot of guys who get drafted early, those quarterbacks, and 99% of the times the teams that draft early, that's because they were bad. Unless they trade their pick away, sure, and maybe you'll see a, a playoff team that's trading in the top 10, like a Kansas City, when the Chiefs traded up to 10th overall, trading with the Bills to get Pat Mahomes. But when you look at some of the other guys, Mitchell Trubisky, uh, sure, they got Allen Robinson, but uh, how much talent does that Chicago team really have to work with? You look at Deshaun Watson, 
Sure, there are some talented guys there, but Watson definitely did a great job before his injury there. You want to look at some of the other rookie quarterbacks in the situations they've been put in there. Carson Wentz, eh, first year, started off great, but didn't do too well. Of course, this past year, I mean, we can do a whole podcast on that essentially about how the team was great. Wentz got injured, and we know what happened after that with former Chiefs backup QB Nick Foles and what he did. But bottom line is, Carson Wentz didn't necessarily have the greatest rookie year with that offense. Jared Goff, same thing. His first year didn't have uh, a lot of success. They didn't even play a whole lot, as a matter of fact. So here's Pat Mahomes. And a guy who... It's not like Mahomes is being put in because the Chiefs were 2-14 and or 3-13 and the previous year and their offense had absolutely no highlights. This is an offense that have a ton of playmakers. I mean, you want to talk about guys that made it on the highlight reel? Tyree Kill definitely did. Travis Kelsey definitely did. Kareem Hunt did. And Sammy Watkins has as well. So this is a great situation. And even though this is going to be Mahomes' rookie year, at least that's what it feels like because he only played one game last year and that was... That had a preseason feel to it. Let's just be honest. Pat Mahomes has no excuses to fail in 2018. Now, I'm not saying he's going to not struggle. He's definitely going to have his learning curve. He'll throw an interception here or there. He may have a game where he throws two or three picks. But I'm talking as a whole, in a 16-game spread, this should be a very good year for Pat Mahomes. The expectations just got higher for Mahomes because of this edition with Watkins and what he already had to work with before Watkins got in there. I, I mentioned Conley and Robinson, but I don't want to forget about Spencer Ware and Charkandrick West, guys who've definitely contributed. And I know they haven't been consistent in 2015 when they filled in for Charles. They were both great. Uh, but since then, uh, they haven't necessarily been able to have that kind of success. Charkandrick West, I thought he did a good job coming in for Hunt at times. Spencer Ware, this guy's been proven to be one of the better pass-catching running backs in the league. Now, last year, he got injured in the third preseason game, so we didn't see any of Spencer Ware during the regular season. So hopefully that'll be the case. This That'll be different this year, a different case in which we get to see more of him. But this is an offense where you've got a great starter in Kareem Hunt and two very viable backups in Spencer Ware and Charkandrick West, both who, by the way, are entering the final years of their respective contracts. They both signed a three-year deal after they both looked great in 2015. You add Tyree Kill, who exceeded a lot of people's expectations as a wide receiver. Sammy Watkins, a guy who's been very good since coming into the league, and he's only 24 years old. He'll turn 25 this summer. Travis Kelsey, he's up there right next to Rob Gronkowski as the best tight end in the league. If you can fix this offensive line a little bit, then Pat Mahomes pretty much is entering an offense in which defensive coordinators... Uh, I mean, they are going to have a lot to prepare for. And I'll tell you what, with Aqib Tlaib, former Kansas Jayhawk, and of course, former Chiefs cornerback Marcus Peters going into uh, LA, and I'm not saying this because of the Marcus Peters situation. Sure, that has a a factor in it, but I've got to say, I'm pretty excited for that Chiefs and Rams game in Mexico. Uh, And again, provided that you know, you're healthy, and that's a big part of the sport, of course. You know, hopefully, you, you have guys who can stay out of the training room and, and stay on the field. But provided that everyone's healthy for that game, depending when it is, 
The most exciting matchup in that game will be Tyree Kill and Sammy Watkins versus Akeem Talib and Marcus Peters. And that to me, and I really hope everyone's healthy for that matchup. Again, depending when it's going to be, I really want to know who's going to have the edge there. Who's going to come out better? Because you got two really talented, great cornerbacks against two fast, very hard to stop wide receivers. These are guys who can torch multiple defensive backs and just go all the way for that home run play and take it in for the touchdown. We saw Tyree Kill plenty of times hold up the deuces, the V sign, the peace sign, whatever you want to call it, uh, and just came away with a lot of those long touchdown passes from Alex Smith. And it'll be interesting to see how much of that we'll see with Pat Mahomes coming in. And hopefully they can work on that in OTAs and training camp and in preseason games and hopefully carry that over to the regular season. So this is going to be a very exciting offense to watch. Just work on that that offensive line. And there is one one thing that I just have a concern with, and that's the play calling. Listen, the Chiefs have won more games than they've lost under Andy Reid. The Chiefs have been above 500 every single year under Andy Reid. However, in the very few times the Chiefs have lost, 98.9% of the time, the narrative is Andy Reid's play calling was the reason why the Chiefs lost this football game. And that's led to Chiefs fans back-to-back years in January wanting for a termination because of how Andy Reid handled the offense in those two postseason games as well as some of the losses there, which I don't agree with the firing necessarily. But as far as this offense and the potential it has, look, Andy Reid's proven that he can call some good plays and, and get creative when he wants to. But then there are times where it just looks absolutely confusing and you question how is it that he's been a head coach in the league for so long because if, if that's another head coach calling the plays, uh, they've got a lot of answering to do uh, to ownership, the GM, basically upper management. And Andy Reid's got that freedom and flexibility because he's Andy Reid. He's been in the league for so long. Eric Bieniemy, of course, now the new offensive coordinator, but not the play caller, at least not for right now. We know what's happened in the past when Andy Reid let Doug Peterson call the plays, let Matt Nagy call the plays, and once those guys did it, even though Nagy did it for just a few games, uh, four or five games, and Peterson did it for uh, half a season, even in that short time span, it was enough for the Eagles to want to hire Peterson. At the time, Eagles fans hated the move. I'm sure it's a different story now. And the Chicago Bears, that was those four or five games were enough to want to hire Matt Nagy. So listen, we know what happens when Andy Reid lets somebody else call the plays. And I don't want to get on this too much because we've discussed it before, but I think that's the only thing holding this offense back. And again, Andy Reid's proven that he can get creative and, and call some good plays, some smart plays to get this offense rolling. But if it becomes an issue. Look, you've you've got to you've got to make a change. You've got to do some some self evaluation and, and understand. Okay, in the past when I've let someone else call the plays, it's worked. So maybe we let the enemy be the play caller from from here on out. So hopefully that's not the case. Hopefully this team can find success. But uh, that is one thing to keep in mind. That's the if I if I have to nitpick right now, that's the only thing. That's the only concern I have with this offense going into 
2018. Let me know your guys' thoughts on all of this. Facebook.com slash Farzinevesugian, Twitter.com slash Farzine21. You guys can also email me, Farzine at Farzinevesugian.com. Now, switching over to the defensive side of the football, the Chiefs signed inside linebacker Anthony Hitchens, who was a fourth-round pick in 2014 out of Iowa. And I know, I know we've got a lot of Iowa listeners, a lot of Hawkeyes, a lot of Cyclones fans, uh, and I know the Hawkeyes, one of the more notable teams out there. So I know a lot of listeners, a lot of Chiefs fans probably very excited about this pickup. He played all 16 games in each of his first three years in the league. He missed four games last year after a tibial plateau fracture in the final preseason game against Oakland in week three. Keep in mind, Dallas did not play uh, the Houston Texans in week four of the preseason due to Hurricane Harvey. They decided to cancel the game. Because, you know, players, coaches, other employees, I mean, they had obviously more important matters to do dealing with the hurricane, the flooding in that situation there. Uh, But at the time, it was expected that Hitchens would miss eight games, or eight weeks rather, but instead he came back in week five. And despite missing four games, he still had a single season career high in tackles with 84 Played four games less and still had 84 tackles, the most he's ever had in a season. And that's pretty damn impressive considering uh, how much quicker he was able to come back. I think that definitely defines his toughness as a player and really just his tenacity, what what he's willing to do. And of course, that was a contract year, so I'm sure he had a bit of a chip on his shoulder and wanted to prove that he was worth keeping around. But instead, it was the Kansas City Chiefs who jumped on him and wanted to bring him in here. And for what it's worth, he's ranked 20th among all inside linebackers by Pro Football Focus. And by the way, you want to talk about uh, the new inside linebacker duo, Reggie Ragland and Anthony Hitchens. You You want to talk about this Chiefs defense that didn't do very well in stopping the run. Now, I mentioned Hitchens was ranked 20th by Pro Football Focus. One cool thing you can do with Pro Football Focus, uh, you know, you can... See how they grade these players by, uh, you know, on offense, how they block. If you want to look at wide receivers or uh, how they do running or or, or catching, depending on the positions, of course. Uh, Pass blocking versus run blocking, that you can also check the uh, ranks for that. Uh, So I decided to look at Pro Football Focus, and I wanted to see how they ranked all of their players last year, uh, all their inside linebackers, when it came to stopping the run. Reggie Ragland was ranked 19th. And Hitchens was 21st. Now, Hitchens was not very good in coverage, an area where Derek Johnson was ranked 7th. But uh, I, I think, you know, your secondary can take care of that, especially with, uh, and I'll get into secondary in a moment, but stopping the run is a huge part for Kansas City. I mean, that's something that they struggle with quite a bit. And they finished, what, 25th in that last year. And you want to look at some of the teams that did worse than them. Not a lot of playoff teams on that list. I believe the Rams are the only playoff team that did worse than the Chiefs in stopping the run. So that's definitely an area that you want to improve on. It didn't hurt the Chiefs a whole lot the past couple of years. But there are some teams that were smart enough to exploit that. And when they did, when they did it well, uh, it was enough to... Pull off a win against the Chiefs. And at times, some of those were upset wins. So adding Hitchens definitely 
is going to be a difference maker. Now, Kansas City has a big hole up front with their front seven with Benny Logan gone. I'll address that shortly. But for right now, this is another great addition for Kansas City's defense. You're getting a guy who is getting better, played fewer games last year, and still had a single-season career high on tackles. And on top of that, he's young, he's getting better. I mean, this is this is a great situation for the Chiefs. And again, I'll say it again with Andy Reid, a lot of these players will play up to their potential and even beyond that under Andy Reid. That's just how it works with Andy Reid. Players always do well under him. So, more... I shouldn't say always, but almost always. And I think that's a more accurate statement. And Brett Veach, by the way, uh, he said this is another player who he was targeting uh, and trying to trade for during training camp last year. And that did not end up being the case, obviously, but ended up still coming to Kansas City. The Dallas Mooring News, uh, at some point during the offseason when they were reviewing their free agents, they called him an underrated defensive player and a guy who the Cowboys definitely need to keep. And not the case. He Instead, he lands in Kansas City. Uh, one, of my, uh, one of my Twitter uh, guys, uh, someone who I follow who uh, you know, used to do a lot of videos with pro wrestling and the NFL and always had a big following on YouTube. Uh, I follow him. He's a big Cowboys fan. And he said that the Chiefs picked up a really great player. And again, also quoted the underrated comment there. For, uh, for Anthony Hitchens, in which the Chiefs uh, were very fortunate to get. So that's th- that says a lot. Uh, I think this is definitely a move. And by the way, I don't know what's going on with the Cowboys. They're really not wanting to spend, and it just kind of makes you wonder how that team went from dominating with a rookie QB and a rookie running back a couple of years ago, Guys who were, the two guys who were competing against each other for Offensive Rookie of the Year, and now, and I understand the suspension played a role in that, but the Cowboys really just are on the decline, not wanting to spend at all, and it's not going to look good for them. Whereas the Chiefs, they're willing to open up the checkbook and bring in some of the guys. Listen, a lot of people were complaining about the uh, the addition of Sammy Watkins because of the injuries that he's had in the past, and that maybe the Chiefs spent too much money on him. And I, and I didn't get a chance to read the contracts. I'll, I'll do that real quickly because I think that's important to this discussion. Uh, starting with Sammy Watkins, his uh, three-year deal uh, in order. He'll make $7.8 million, $19.2 million guaranteed, and then $21 million guaranteed in 2020. For Anthony Hitchens, here's how it goes in order. From 2018 through 2022, $3.6 million, $9.5 million, $11.3 million, $9.3 million, and then $11.3 million. Uh, so the Chiefs are not spending a lot of money for 2018, which is good because that gives them more more room to spend. Uh, I remember reading from Therese Paler his tweet, and I know there's going to be an official number out there, and I'll post it on the social media pages, but the Chiefs still have some room to spend, and Therese Paler estimated anywhere from 10 to $15 million, which would be enough to possibly work on the offensive and the defensive lines. Maybe another player in the secondary there is one player out there that was let go and maybe the Chiefs could be in the hunt for that but for right now uh the Chiefs still have some money to spend they went out there and got two guys and listen sometimes you've got to take risks no risks no reward and for Kansas City these are two very good guys they're definitely worth the risk and listen if someone gets injured it's it's unfortunate, but there are never excuses. Look at how many injuries took place. Look who got injured. Look at the starting quarterback for the Eagles 
and they still won a Super Bowl. So, listen, you can never just, you can't get too upset with injuries sometimes because every team deals with it. And I've said this before, and I'll say it again. Injuries are part of the sport, are part of sports in a very unforgivable way, and you just have to find a way to work around it. Listen, if if Tyreek Hill, Kareem Hunt, Travis Kelsey, Watkins, Mahomes, if they're all healthy this year, oh boy, I, I mean, the sky is the limit with this group. It really is. Sometimes you've got to have good luck your way. Uh, I mean, if, if you can go through 16 games and maybe you lose only one or two key players due to injury, maybe three, boy, uh, you've got some good luck your way. I mean, uh, karma is on your side if that happens. So hopefully the Kansas City Chiefs can find ways to stay healthy. And again, that's why you've got a strength and conditioning coach. Hopefully your coaching staff, they know what to do and how to handle their players, especially those who maybe have, have Suffered a few injuries in the past. Guys like Watkins. And again, I think people blow that a little bit out of proportion. Uh, a, lot, a lot Of the 12 games he missed, 8 of them were from the same year. So the other 4 come from 2 different seasons. So let's let's keep that in mind too. And again, the physical always talks as well. That's a big part of it. But right now, uh, I, I feel pretty good. My confidence is pretty high right now with this Chiefs team. I'll be honest, like a lot of you guys, I was a little concerned with that Marcus Peters trade. But right now, listen, who would you rather build your team around? A good quarterback and a good offense or a really good cornerback? And give me a great offense. I know I said good, but really this offense is supposed to be better than good. They're supposed to be better than great. Um, Listen, and I'm not saying Marcus Peters, the Chiefs don't need him, but Sometimes, you know, you've got to figure out what you want to do with your cap space, who you think is worth keeping around, and maybe if you can get value from them now rather than later. And I think right now the Chiefs felt like it would be better to uh, bring in a guy like Watkins and then try to do what you can to address the defense. Obviously, they got Hitchens, a couple other options out there. But, uh, man, my confidence is right now high again with this team. I said this last year after the Chiefs lost to a kicker. In the playoff game against the Steelers, and I said this after the Titans lost, when the Chiefs allowed a comeback, both of them at Arrowhead, I said, look, I just cannot find a way to be excited for this team. Even if they start off as the last undefeated team, uh, the only unbeaten team, I should say, or the last team to lose a game, I don't know if I'll be excited. That was the case with the Chiefs last year as the last team to lose, and I, I, I was excited for the way the Chiefs started off, especially when they beat the Patriots in Week 1. Uh, look, uh, maybe Brett Veach is the difference maker. Last year, he didn't have a full offseason to work with, this, and even though he didn't, he still made some moves to help the Chiefs. Brought in Reggie Ragland and a couple of other players. He tried with Darrell Rivas, even though it didn't work. He at least tried something. Uh, so right now my confidence is, is high with this team. I, I said I, that I would not let it get to that point, but man, this football team, uh, I mean, it's, it's a very toxic relationship with the, with this, uh, Chiefs team sometimes and its fan base. Uh, I saw the Chiefs put out a tweet saying, this is our March madness. Free agency is about to begin. And a couple of people responded and said, well, what kind of madness would you call January because of the playoff losses? Listen, Chiefs fans are mad, and I think Brett Veach is just as mad as other Chiefs fans about how the last two playoff games went. Uh, You know, to lose like that in back-to-back games, uh, playoff games, I mean, that's just unacceptable. And I think Brett Veach 
is doing everything he can right now to fix that because he believes that with this coaching staff and the personnel he has now and possibly more that he could add in, and obviously he'll do it in the remainder of free agency and the draft, you can do a lot more and take this team beyond a wild card round and a divisional round and you can get to the AFC title game in a Super Bowl because that's right now the goal for the Chiefs. We know the Chiefs can make it to the playoffs. They've been to the playoffs before. But as of right now, I mean, that goal is to get better. And if you can get better, that means you'll be playing in the AFC title game or the Super Bowl. And that's what you want from this Chiefs team right now, especially with that offense. There's a lot to talk about. Now, people are saying that the Chiefs have a great offense, but their defense is going to be bad again. Well, And I strongly disagree with that. Listen, I know you lost Marcus Peters, but you got two very underrated cornerbacks in Danny Emerson and... Kendall Fuller. And by the way, a lot of these new Chiefs, Hitchens, Fuller, they've been tweeting uh, their excitement joining the Kansas City Chiefs, which is cool to see. And I, a part of me, I did say Danny Emerson, I meant David Emerson, but uh, besides that, this, this defense, they've, they've worked on the cornerbacks. Sure, you don't have Peters, but again, two very underrated cornerbacks in Emerson and Fuller. And on top of that, Let's not forget, your all-pro elite safety, Eric Berry, is making a comeback. He, he he only played one game last year, and in that one game, he had a big hand in limiting Rob Gronkowski. And that was a big reason as to why the Patriots were shut down in the fourth quarter of that game. So you, you add in Hitchens, and Raglan, hopefully he'll do better in a 16-game window, having that full offseason with this defense. So I think there are some reasons to feel confident confident in this. Hey, Chris Jones is just getting better and better. Couple of holes that need to be filled, but right now, uh, I, I, I expect this Chiefs defense to get better. The Cardinals they released safety Tyron Matthew, and there are some predictions that the Chiefs will snag him. Brett Veach did say he wants him and will try to do it at the right price. Not the most encouraging statement. Uh, I think everyone wants to get the right player at the right price, but. Uh, look, look, if you're a Chiefs fan, you definitely would love to have that as part of your secondary. That'd be huge to have Matthew Fuller, Emerson to join Eric Berry. And of course, you're coached by Emmett Thomas, one of the best position uh, coaches uh, as a secondary coaches guy. I mean, again, players are going to reach their potential because of Andy Reid and because of a position coach like Amer- uh, excuse me, not Emerson, uh, like Emmett Thomas. And I know Bob Sutton, a lot of people have complained about him, and I'm, I'm guilty of that as well. But Bob Sutton's always been highly praised as one of the better defensive coordinators out there, and, and a lot of players love to play for him. And that's something that can go a long ways with, with this defense. It really can. Now, another area where the Chiefs need to try to improve on with their defense, definitely up front, right in the middle of that front seven, that the middle of that defensive line, that nose tackle, uh, the top three Nose tackles right now, one of them is Benny Logan, one of them is a, a former chief in Dontari Poe, I was about to say another, but we don't know yet with Benny Logan, and the other one is Adamican Sue, who, as we all know, some character issues, he was let go by the Dolphins after the Dolphins could not find a, uh, a trading partner uh, with another team to, to trade Sue, but for right now, you've got to consider Sue. Or bringing back Dontari Poe. I think the Chiefs definitely missed Poe. Logan was not a very good defensive tackle, but he's still uh, tabbed right now as one of the better nose tackles available in free agency behind Sue and Poe. 
listen, open up that checkbook and bring either Sue or Poe in because you need to do everything you can to try and improve on that run defense because that's going to go a long ways. And if and Poe and Sue are both capable of, of applying pressure. And listen, I'll say this about Sue with his character issues, and I know this was not the case with Peters, but Andy Reid's been able to work on some players. Most notably, Mike Vick, Tyreek Hill. I'm sure there are other players out there who Andy Reid's work with, and it just wasn't talked about by the media so much. So I, I think Sue is another player who could join Tyreek Hill and Mike Vick as guys who have matured under Andy Reid. I think that's something to be open about when you consider uh, Sue. Because I asked on the Facebook page, a lot of you guys said no and were strongly against this, but I think that Sue could definitely see a change in his character if he were to play for Andy Reid. So those are a couple of guys available in free agency. Tyron Matthew and hopefully either Sue or Poe coming in to Kansas City to help this defense. Tyron Matthew, sure, great safety and all, and great with his hands, but also very good against a run. Again, something the Chiefs need. They got Hitchens, but they're going to need a little bit more. And if you can get a guy like Sue or Poe and Matthew, that is really going to help the Chiefs. Uh, the run defense will go from 25th to, at the very least, the top half of the league. So hopefully they can make these moves for this defense because if they can do that and just have a fairly solid draft, even though they don't have a first-round pick, I think this will be considered a very good offseason for the Chiefs, and that will carry over to the regular season. Now, other Chiefs moves that took place uh, over the weekend and uh, during free agency, uh, during the start of the new league year, the Chiefs did release Tom Bahali, outside linebacker who played here for 11 years. Great career. Unfortunately, like DJ, a long-time player here, but no ring. Uh, but you'll always appreciate what he did. At one point, took a pay cut to stay here. And has always wanted to be a Kansas City Chiefs. And uh, he had a classy exit on his social media. And uh, hopefully he, he'll, he'll he'll be able to continue playing if he wants to do so moving forward. Ron Parker, safety, played here for a couple of years. I thought he was underrated at times, but I do agree and understand that you know he he, he was getting a little bit more, uh, maybe not a little, little bit more, maybe way more than he should have at his position. And I think that's something uh, that Brett Veach was trying to take care of that John Dorsey was doing in the past. Chiefs have re-signed a couple of players, wide receiver and kick returner De'Anthony Thomas. I mentioned earlier, he had some flashes last year, and I think with his speed, definitely could bode well for Pat Mahomes when he looks at outside of his key players. Because look, you cannot just throw to Watson and Hunt and Kelsey and Hill. you got to include some of the other guys, and De'Anthony Thomas is one of them. Linebacker Terrence Smith trying to add some depth there, as well as defensive lineman Jarvis Jenkins. The Chiefs are expected to bring back punter Dustin Colquitt. I know uh, stat-wise, compared to other punters, not necessarily great with the punting. Uh, Not bad either, uh, but just not as dominant as he once was. But keep in mind, Dustin Colquitt is also a holder for the team, and he limits his mistakes as a holder in field goal formations. And I think that's something that also adds value when you consider a guy like Dustin Colquitt and what he brings to the table. And that would be huge for the Chiefs because the Chiefs have a, a great group of special teams players when it comes to long snapper, holder, kicker. All three of them very great and make very little mistakes in that area. And you definitely want to keep that trio together. Former Chiefs that have been in the news lately, quarterback Chase Daniel goes to the Chicago Bears. I thought coming back to the Chiefs would have been ideal. The Chiefs were rumored as a team to get him. And I said, look, it'd be a good idea for Chase Daniel because he's a great backup. 
and the situation that he would need to come into uh, if Mahomes struggles or gets injured, well, Chase Daniel is familiar with Andy Reid, and this could work out well for him. Well, he goes to Chicago for really the same reasons. Mitchell Trubisky, you don't know exactly what's going to happen with him. If he gets hurt or just doesn't live up to expectations, well, you can switch to Chase Daniel, who's very familiar with Matt Nagy during his time here in Kansas City. And Chicago's offense, there's a little bit of hope there because of the familiarity. Offensive lineman Zach Fulton Moving on to the Houston Texans, not clear on how many years, but according to ESPN, he is expected to get $7.5 million per year. Terrence Mitchell, signed by John Dorsey in Cleveland on a three-year deal worth $12 million. And wide receiver Albert Wilson, moving on to the Miami Dolphins, also on a three-year deal, but will make $24 million. And I think that's a very good move and a very good investment for Miami. I think Albert Wilson is capable of being a starting wide receiver in the NFL, whether it's as a number one receiver or a number two. Either way, I think that is a great pickup for the Miami Dolphins, and it will definitely help Tannehill or whoever the quarterback ends up being for the Miami Dolphins. And I think it's still a loss for the Chiefs, but adding in Sammy Watkins definitely makes up for it. Uh, I think if I had to pick between the two, I would definitely go with Watkins. And you consider... Guys like Demarcus Robinson, DeAnthony Thomas also resigned, and Chris Conley, part of the wide receiver corp. I think this is still a very good group of wide receivers to work with. I, don't, I can't remember the last time the Chiefs had this many really good wide receivers, and I think this is the type of group that you want, especially for a young quarterback like Mahomes, again, essentially his rookie year that he's going to be walking into. Let me know your guys' thoughts on everything that we talked about here. I know it's a lot to take in. But there are a lot of good there are a lot of good things happening with the Chiefs. There are a lot of reasons to feel good right now if you're a Chiefs fan. The offense got better, the defense got better, still some room to, to improve, and there's no doubt in my mind that Brett Veach is going to try to do anything he can to bring in a guy like Tyron Matthew or bring in either Sue or Poe to try to help this defense. Let me know your thoughts. Facebook.com slash Farzin Twitter.com slash Farzin21. Farzin at Farzinvasugian.com is the email. Time to wrap up the show. Let's go around the NFL. All right, let's try to do a speed round here. A lot to get into. Let's start with quarterbacks because there's a lot of them here. Case Keenum, he is moving on to Denver. Not great. A lot of Chiefs fans made fun of this move, or at least he's expected to go there. But he, he still had a hand in helping Minnesota get to an NFC title game. Listen, look at the quarterbacks who made it to a title game last year. Nick Foles, Blake Bortles, Case Keenum, they made it to conference title games. Denver won a Super Bowl with Peyton Manning having a terrible year uh, when he was benched at the time against the Chiefs, the second time they played that year. Peyton Manning actually led the NFL in interceptions. When he came back, still was not playing very well, and the Broncos still won a Super Bowl with a terrible quarterback. So listen, uh, you never know with Denver sometimes. I know their defense is not the same, but given what we saw last year and which quarterbacks made it to the Final Four, you never know in the NFL sometimes. Teddy Bridgewater, another former Viking, he'll be going to the Jets. Look, he has the potential, but let me just say this about the Jets. They have a lot more work to do than just quarterback. There's a lot this team needs to work on. Teddy Bridgewater, sure, that's a start. It's a move in the right direction, but... I think they would also need to consider drafting someone in the first round to create competition because you need to consider, you need to have as many options possible. 
again, another former Viking, and I know we've talked about Vikings QBs for each of the past couple of episodes, Sam Bradford to the Cardinals on a one-year deal worth $20 million. Why is Sam Bradford getting $20 million? I have no idea, but his agent, Tom Condon of CIA, look, if he can land that kind of contract for Sam Bradford, he is pretty much the best agent ever. I, I, like This is the kind of agent every player is going to want now because they know Tom Condon is somehow going to pull a rabbit out of the hat and just come away with these crazy contracts when the players don't even deserve it. Now, speaking of the Vikings and quarterbacks, they are expected to get Kirk Cousins. Uh, listen, they lost to the Eagles in the NFC title game, and they're looking for that small push, that small improvement. An improvement this year would mean they either they got to the NFC title game again or they actually won and they're in the Super Bowl, and adding Cousins could be the key factor in that kind of improvement. Now, the Vikings are also trading for Trevor Simeon, a guy with some starting experience with flashes. Could be a viable backup in case Cousins gets injured or doesn't do well with a new team. So with all this QB talk, what happens to Nick Foles? Teams are already making signings. The Cardinals reportedly tried to make a trade for him, but instead they got Sam Bradford. It appears Philly isn't trading him. And if they were going to, I feel like it would have been done by now. Why are they not trading him? You're going to start Carson Wentz, I assume. Uh, this is going to be the highest trade value Foles will ever have, considering he just won Super Bowl MVP. So his value is extremely high. I say get value out of him. You just have to. I know Foles has been dancing around here and there with other teams, but uh, you know, listen, sometimes you got to do what's best for your franchise, and I think you've got to try to get as much value as, as you can from your Super Bowl MVP, assuming you're going back to Carson Wentz. Also, I want to talk about Browns offensive lineman Joe Thomas retired, spent all 11 seasons with the Browns. Uh, Brady Quinn said on SiriusXM, he deserves more wins, and I certainly agree with that. But he wants to stay in Cleveland. Says a lot about him. No one would call him either if he ever wanted to test free agency and leave, but he didn't. In fact, he's been contacted uh, for broadcasting jobs, and I think he should absolutely go get the broadcasting job Jay Cutler was offered, because I think... Joe Thomas would do way better than Cutler. Final thing I want to talk about on this segment, Jeremy Macklin released by the Ravens. This is the second time he's been released in 10 months. It sucks, but I think John Dorsey, he actually knew what he was doing when he let Jeremy Macklin go. Uh, Again, the way he went about it, certainly not forgivable, uh, but he knew what he was doing in letting Macklin go. People think the life of an NFL player is glorious, and yes, they make a lot of money, But the NFL is also full of jobs with little to no security for coaches and players and other sports too. J-Mac was practicing with Baltimore shortly after he signed with the team. And I believe his wife was still in Kansas City working on trying to sell the house and trying to make the move to Baltimore. And depending where it goes, he may be on the move again. Look, it sucks and it's unfortunate. Moving from one area to a completely another, that's very tedious. Uh, especially doing it multiple times a year. Again, it's, it's it's unfortunate. I don't necessarily feel bad, though, because pro athletes get paid a lot of money. I know these guys have families, and the stress can really be big when you're moving multiple times like this from state to state, from coast to coast. But let's, look, listen, man, you make a lot of money. There are a lot of people who, uh, who are in similar positions, and they don't make a lot of money. They're having to move from place to place, and... 
living paycheck to paycheck. Macklin's not necessarily in that situation. I've seen a couple of people feel sorry for him. I don't, and I don't think really anyone should because these players get paid a lot of money. I know the moving sucks, but think of other people who are moving a lot and they don't have the money that a pro athlete has. Keep that in mind. Let's go out of bounds. Former Jayhawk Andrew Wiggins unhappy with his current role with the Timberwolves. His production has gone down since the team acquired Jimmy Butler in the offseason and reports are saying he does not like being the third option for the Timberwolves and likely is going to try to get out of Minnesota this coming offseason. Look, I'll be honest, I don't follow the NBA closely. As a KU fan, I remember how much praise KU got and how much hype there was for Wiggins. He was on the cover of so many outlets, so many magazines, Sports Illustrated, ESPN, GQ, so many uh, so many outlets out there. Uh, he got a lot of coverage during his time at KU, and a lot of people talked about him and how he's going to be the most uh, hyped-up college basketball player ever. Uh, and, of course, playing with Joel Embiid, I mean, that was also huge. Guys who went 1-3 and three in the same year in the NBA draft, uh, both leaving as freshmen. Uh, listen, he has not lived up to the hype in the NBA. Maybe a change of scenery would help him. Uh, as far as steals and defensive rebounds go, his averages have gone up in those areas. But he's averaging 17.9 points per game. Last year, he was averaging 23.6, 20.7 the year before, and 16.9 his rookie year. It's gone up every year except for this year. Some of that's on him, though. Again, maybe a change of scenery would help him do better. Sometimes that helps a player, but... More times than not, you've got to take responsibility yourself if your production level isn't going up. It's not like he's not getting the ball completely, and when he is, he needs to make the most of it. Especially for a guy who had a lot of hype. A guy that a lot of people talked about, and I think that can be a bit of a disappointing factor for him, knowing he hasn't necessarily had that dominant career in the NBA up until this point. Speaking of disappointing... Jorge Bonifacio of the Royals got an 80-game suspension for PEDs. And you guys know my thoughts on players that use PEDs, steroids. I I, I just despise that. I, I can't fathom a player uh, why they could even convince us as to why they did that. What right reason they had for doing so. But 80-game suspension. Royals were very defensive about this, calling it a mistake. And he's a good person. Let's uh, listen. I get it. The Royals don't want to throw a player under the bus, but come on, uh, they've got to be disappointed behind closed doors. Anyway, he had only 17 home runs and 40 ribbies and 115 games in 2017. Who knows how long he's been on these PEDs? But it's likely it did not even help him. So it's not that big of a deal. But sticking with the Royals, Mike Mustakas returned to Kansas City, and I saw his uh, media scrum. When he showed up to spring training, he didn't necessarily seem upbeat or energetic when talking to the media about returning to Kansas City. He didn't necessarily have that smile on him either, uh, considering how much these players have loved Kansas City and how highly they've talked about the fans. And Moose just didn't seem to have that type of happiness when he was talking about this. Now, I know his, he and his wife recently welcomed a new baby, so maybe he's just been extremely tired lately. I know that can 
really take a toll on uh, on people physically when they have a new baby. Uh, lack of sleep, uh, lack of energy. I get that part. I'm not sure. I, I don't know why he he had that kind of uh, tone when he was speaking, but I, I truly think he had every intent on leaving Kansas City. And he and his agent, Scott Borash, were unable to get what they wanted. So instead, he only signed a one-year deal with the Royals. And unless he just flat-out collapses and does terrible in 2018, I think in the 2019 offseason, he will get the type of deal that he wants outside of Kansas City. Final segment of the show, let's throw some penalty flags. I know this is harsh, but this kid should never play basketball again. A high school basketball player pushed another, uh, his opponent, who was going for a dunk in a basketball game in in Kansas. This took place at Fort Hayes State University. Uh, the, um, The offensive player, the ball carrier, goes for a dunk. The defender who got beat, while he's in midair, extends his arms and pushes him into the post. Uh, legs go, legs first. That's not a hard foul. That is dirty. That is terrible. This kid. And people are making. Some people are making excuses. Oh, he's just a kid. He, I played basketball before. Younger than him in middle school. I have never pushed a player when they were in midair going for a shot or anything. Uh, that is just flat out dirty. And some of these kids are trying to play for a college scholarship, or they want to continue to play next year in high school. That kid who pushed the other guy should never play basketball again. Shocked there was not an ejection, nor did the coach take action and take the player off. Listen, as a high school coach, you've got to show your player, teach your players discipline. And that coach didn't. Uh, that's just uncalled for. There was just no room for that in sports. And that kid should be flat out ashamed. And so should those refs for not ejecting him and the coach, the coach for not taking him out. Okay, all you people who do five, six, seven, ten brackets, listen, you're allowed to do what you want, but please do not claim that you knew uh, that you knew so and so would win the national title when you picked a different winner in each of your five to ten brackets. I, I don't do brackets. I, ju- I just think they're dumb. I don't do fantasy sports either. People say, well, it's more fun when you do that while watching. So, no, I can have a lot of fun watching sporting events without the fantasy and the bracket stuff. I- I'm just not a big fan of that. I'm really not. I'm sorry. Uh, I think it's stupid, and I think it's even more dumb when people claim to have known who was going to win the uh, NCAA championship when they have multiple predictions. I know a lot of people will pick KU in one bracket here in Kansas City because they're the popular team to uh, win it all locally, but then people will do other brackets in case KU wins, and we all know Bill Self has a history of choking in the NCAA tournament, so yeah, sure, Uh, and I understand you can win millions of dollars if you have a perfect bracket, so if you have uh, multiple brackets, your odds of having a perfect bracket go up a little bit, but please don't claim like you knew who the winner was going to be just because you did multiple uh, multiple brackets. By the way, while I'm at it, these stupid bracketologists who claim to know everything, their brackets are going to be just as terrible as yours. Why are you a bracketologist? Um, 
I mean, I do this podcast, but I sure as hell am not a Chiefs expert, nor am I a Chiefs ontologist or anything. Uh, these are just people on ESPN who watch a lot of basketball. When they talk about these 15, 16 seeded teams, they just say generic things. Oh, well, they won their conference. They can move the ball well. They shoot well. Yeah, I can do the same thing for the amount of money there. I'll take half the money they're making just to say the same generic thoughts about some of these teams that they pretend like they know about. Please do not fall for that BS, especially those who uh, require money for their bracketology service just so you can have a terrible bracket. I remember when I was working for KJHK, the student-run uh, station at KU, I was a sports director, and I got all these press releases and emails from media outlets. I got one email saying, oh, so-and-so has been watching college basketball for 25 years, and he is willing to give you his expert analysis on your radio station. Now, this is, of course, a, a spam email going out to a bunch of people, but I, I don't care how many college basketball games you've seen. Uh, you can watch every single college basketball game possible. If you have 20 TVs in a room and watch college basketball every day, you still will not have a great bracket. Your bracket will suck just like everyone else's. Okay, you cannot make this story up. United Airlines, which by the way, it was 11 months ago where they hurt that Asian doctor that was on their plane. And that was the start of this crazy trend of fights and removals at airplanes and airports. But United Airlines, they are under fire. This is the other Kansas City story. Uh, be patient, that, that part will come up. A woman was traveling with a, with a baby and an 11-year-old daughter and also with a baby French bulldog, a flight attendant told them to put the dog in the overhead bin. Family wanted to put it, uh, uh, the dog under the seat. Flight attendant said no. Dog was barking during the flight while in the overhead bin. Eventually got quiet because with no airflow, the dog died. And uh, several witnesses, they posted uh, about the incident on social media. And it matched what the woman and her 11-year-old were saying. So... Uh, United Airlines, they were, they're they in a lot of trouble with this. They refunded the family's uh, plane tickets, but I'm sure that's not enough to them. One flight attendant was apparently shocked to discover a dog in the overhead bin after the flight, which I find BS on that. How do you not know a dog was barking on the plane? Because these flight attendants, they're moving across the plane the entire ride. Surely they have had to have heard that during the ride, and maybe another flight attendant made another one aware. It's just a complete mess, a bad PR mess, but... United Airlines is calling this, quote-unquote, an accident. Uh, I don't know. Uh, well, by the way, United has the most deaths and injuries with pets during flights. And even worse, well, I don't know if it's worse, but from a PR standpoint, it feels worse. Uh, a family was traveling from Oregon to Kansas City, traveling with a German Shepherd uh, who was supposed to be in the cargo hold. But when they got, when they got to Kansas City... Instead of their German Shepherd, they found a Great Dane. The German Shepherd ended up in Japan. Somehow. The dog is currently on its way to Kansas City. Uh, hopefully this dog gets there alive. That's what I'm hoping for. But Man, I, I, how, how do you do this if you're united? There was a, Again, the incident that started this whole airplane crazy trend last year with the doctor that they assaulted just because he didn't want to give up his seat that he paid for and then on top of that the, the two incidents within the same day or two days uh that's just not good it is absolutely not good uh, boy I, I would really hate to be like a pr person for united airlines I, I just can't imagine how you have to defend these kinds of actions i just don't get it 
What are you going to do? Uh, what are you going to do? But I'll tell you what the Chiefs are going to do. They're going to try to get better. A couple of key players added in. Kendall Fuller, David Amerson, Anthony Hitchens, Sammy Watkins, and hopefully some more moves will be made. A lot to be excited about if you are a Kansas City Chiefs fan. They've been one of the more active teams this offseason, and that is all we can ask for, especially with a new GM taking control, and that definitely uh, it, it just makes Chiefs fans feel good right now. Let me know your thoughts on everything. Facebook.com slash Farzine Vesugian. Twitter.com slash Farzine21. My email, Farzine at FarzineVesugian.com. The Facebook page has been on fire over the last week. A lot of you guys with a lot of thoughts. Keep it up. I love all the interaction. Let's continue the discussion. And uh, I'll update you guys on social media as more takes place. The next podcast will come out on Wednesday, a day sooner than usual. So keep an eye out for that on Wednesday morning. Until then, enjoy your weekend. If there is another major signing, we will do a bonus episode this weekend. But until then, if if that's not the case, talk to you guys next Wednesday. And we will continue to talk about the free agency moves out there. Hopefully, some of them made by the Chiefs. And also start talking about the draft a little bit and what direction the Chiefs could go in late April. Talk to you then. Take care.